daily podcast. I got my good friend Mark Paquette, DFS MLB Weather. You can check him out on Twitter. It's Monday night. We're going to be talking about Tuesday's slate that we have ahead of us right now. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's a big 14-game slate on the Maine's DFS schedule, huh? Yeah, we got a lot of games to get through, so let's not waste any of the users' time. Uh, we're going to start off in Pittsburgh. We got a matchup with Marquez versus Archer. Uh, this looks like a pitcher's duel it's to me. Marquez has been pretty much lights out for most of the season. He's pitching in the pitcher's park tomorrow. I think the Rockies going to come in either favorites or close to favorites, maybe a slight on underdog against Archer. Archer hasn't shown me much so far this year. Coming off injury now, he didn't have a good start in his last start. But Marquez could be somebody to target tomorrow. I think he will be in my player pool. Um, he's going to be one of the, the top arms, but we have some big arms coming in later games. You can get him on a value, but we got to really see if that value is worth something to you because we have some really good matchups with some aces ahead of us. So what do you think about this matchup so far, Mark? Yeah, Marquez, I, I mainly play on FanDuel, so I'm just going to say some FanDuel prices. 8200 seems pretty affordable for Marquez, as you said, on a road in a pitcher's park away from Coors Field and in a lineup that isn't exactly scary. I mean, the two big names that stand out are Josh Bell's having a great year and Polanco is a little bit scary from the left side as well. But he seems pretty affordable and a good matchup. And like you said, let's see who else we have for arms, but he's certainly one that we would look to use. Yeah, I think, like I said, we can target pitchers in this game. We're going to probably stay away from those batters. There's definitely better matchups on the board for, you know, Tuesday slate. So, you know, if you like Marquez as a as kind of a, a sleeper pick tomorrow, um, I can see you putting him into some lineups, your deeper lineups, your GPP lineups, to try to attack this Pittsburgh lineup. As far as bats, you know, like you said, maybe Polanco, maybe Bell if you want to get sneaky, but I think there's definitely better matchups, you know, in a later game. So we're going to – Skip this game. I think it's pretty much a stay-away spot unless you want to play Marquez. Uh, the next game on the slate, we have Herman versus Hess in Baltimore. This is going to be a game where we're going to look to target bats from the Yankees' side, in my opinion. Everybody, one through seven, one through eight, will be playable tomorrow versus David Hess. He's pretty much been a gas can, you know, all season long. Not somebody that, you know, scares me in the littlest bit. Um, he's been getting blown up. He has a tough matchup in a pitcher's in a hitter's park. And his Yankees lineup, not doing much tonight so far. I know a lot of people like them. I like them tonight. Um, they haven't really done much so far. But Hess is a guy you want to attack. You can tackle from both sides. Pretty much everybody in his Yankees team is going to be playable uh, tomorrow. So um, Herman on the other side is somebody you can look to target. Not going to be one of my favorites. We have too many good arms you know, playing tomorrow that I'm not going to really target him in my lineups. We're doing this podcast tonight before, but... You know, there's some aces that we're going to be talking about soon. So I think it's a Yankees stack. Uh, Yankees one off. You can always play guys like Hicks, uh, Sanchez. Morales has been cheap on FanDuel. You know, he can always pop a home run. The Orioles got to Jay Happ today. Um, but I think, you know, Herman will be a little bit different tomorrow. He's not going to be my top pitcher. I'm not going to look to attack with the Orioles' bats. Um, how do you feel about this game tomorrow? Yeah, Herman on FanDuel is 10000 so that's too pricey for me against a pretty good hitting Orioles team in a really good hitting park uh, with some good weather there, too. The one name for bats on the Yankee side that stands out for me is uh, Torres, who homered tonight, Monday night, 
and he's still only 3,600 on FanDuel at a, a pretty weak position, shortstop. So that's one guy that stands out. And you mentioned also Morales. His price has come up a little bit on FanDuel, 2,500. Not a huge fan of him, but if I need to save some money, I may go there. Yeah, I think you make sense with all those plays. Torres has been kind of heating up. Morales is cheap. Um, like I said, Yankees are going to be one of your top sacks tomorrow. But let's get into the next game. We have Zach Eflin versus Jose Quintana in Chicago. Um, Eflin's been better this year. Chicago is a potent lineup. It's probably a stay-away spot for Eflin for me. Quintana has been better. Um, he's probably one of your better value plays. These Phillies don't really scare me at all. They haven't really broke out. At 79, I mean, uh, on DraftKings, he's 7,900. On FanDuel, he's 7,700. So I think he's playable in both spots for a GPP team if you want to, you know, stack up one of these later games or uh, an expensive squad. Um, Quintana could be somebody who's probably going to be in line for the win, and he's been pitching, you know, his best ball in over probably three or four years this year. I know it's only a short sample size, but he's been getting you – 28, 33, 46, 52, had a breakout game of 64 points. So I think he can get you probably 30 points if he gets to win and gets a quality start. He might jump into the 40-point range if you get lucky. Um, so he's somebody to look to for value. Probably not somebody I'm going to target in my cash games, but in GPPs, he makes sense to me. How do you feel this game lining up, Mark? Yeah, I agree with that. Quintana is not my favorite arm, but he's cheap. So if you get the bats you like by using Quintana, then I'm fine with that. One bat that stands out for me on the, the Cubs side, he's been batting leadoff. He has a ton of power, and he's still only 2,700 on FanDuel, and that's Carl Schwar- Kyle Schwarber. Uh, I think he's in a really good spot. I used him tonight. Uh, obviously, that game just started, so I haven't seen how he done, but I've been liking how he has been looking in the leadoff spot. No, it makes sense. I think you can play. You know, I, I would try to get some value out of the Cubs, maybe one off. Um, Rizzo hit a home run uh, last night. Schwarber's, you know, like you said, batting leadoff, he's cheap. So I think there's some spots you can maybe pick on. Uh, how's the weather looking in Chicago? I know Chicago changes from time to time. Uh, are you able to predict wind the night before, or is that something that you kind of you have to look the day of? Um, you can do both. A, uh I was going to mention the Cubs, and that's a good thing that you reminded me of it. With the weather, there will be some rain earlier in the day, and then some thunderstorms will be approaching at night. So out ahead of that main line of thunderstorms at night, it's going to be warm, humid, and breezy. So the wind should be blowing out. There's humidity in the air, and it's mild, good hitting conditions. The other ballpark, which I'll talk about when we get there, that will see some rain in St. Louis. But to answer your question, good hitting. Okay, because I know the Cubs – Kind of, they don't even set the lines the night before, even if they know the matchups, because this wind changes a lot of stuff. So you'll see probably, you know, I would say five to seven times a year where this wind is blowing out. And I don't care who you are as a pitcher, any fly ball turns into a home run. Games get out of hand. So always keep an eye out for Chicago. It's one of the cities that really plays a lot differently when the weather changes and it heats up and that wind's blowing out. So keep an eye out tomorrow morning. You know, see what Mark has to say. He has a, a weather report that gets published on the site every day, gets updated throughout the day. So if the wind changes, the weather changes, he's the first guy that I go to when I'm looking for weather. So make sure you keep an eye on him You know, as the day goes on tomorrow. See how this weather is in Chicago and possibly St. Louis. Uh, the next game we've got going on is the Boston Red Sox versus the Blue Jays. 
Mark is a homer. He loves the Red Sox. But how do you feel about Rodriguez tomorrow going against, you know, what somewhat is a weaker lineup Vlad's been hitting, but the rest of the lineup hasn't really panned out. Rodriguez is too shaky for me uh, with the upside that we have with other players, but he does have some strikeout potential. The Blue Jays haven't been that good. How do you feel about this matchup tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, you've kind of taken the words right out of my mouth here, which I really like. Erod has a ton of potential. He has for years. He just nibbles too much, and he just doesn't attack the hitters like the pit, like the, the Red Sox staff wants him to. So what you see is he gets a high pitch count. He isn't able to go as deep into games as he wants to, or they want him to, and thus he doesn't really get you the fantasy points that he really needs. And, and he's fairly priced up at 8900 I mean, you mentioned... Quintana at 7,700, I mean, compared to Rodriguez at 8,900, there's really not a comparison there. Obviously, Vlad was rested today on Victoria Day in Canada for some reason. Uh, not for the holiday, but, I mean, but he didn't play for some reason. And he will be back in tomorrow, so that's a scary bet. But the rest of the lineup for the Blue Jays is pretty weak, especially against left-handers. Uh, on the other side... I wouldn't be touching Stroman against this really strong Red Sox lineup. I'd actually be trying to target some Red Sox, though, as we know, Red Sox and Yankees are generally uh, priced up throughout the industry, especially on FanDuel. I'm looking at some Red Sox prices. There's really not a lot of bargains there. If you want to go back to the well for their hardest hitter, it's Michael Chavez at second base, but it's $3,700. And you got that righty-righty matchup, and Stroman's been better like uh, like Mark just said, maybe for a one-off, the Blue Jays is a hitter's park. I wouldn't really play Rodriguez. Showman's been better. He pitches to ground balls. Not the type of guy I want to really stack against, but this Red Sox lineup is potent. I think they come in under own tomorrow. Um, so I, w- I would think for a contrarian stack, the Red Sox might be in play. But not a, not a team, not a game that I'm really targeting. Um, Vlad, the next game, Vlad still only 2,700 on FanDuel. Vlad is a good one-off. Yeah. Uh, I'll yeah. give you that. He's really a good one-off tomorrow. He makes a lot of sense. You know, if you want to just, you know, steal some value, hope for a home run, hope for a good game, he makes a lot of sense. So I, I agree with that. Uh, last Yesterday afternoon, I got stuck playing some Vlad by accident because I had Carpenter in my lineup. Um, he was supposed to start. I thought he was going to start, but he had a day off. So I had to slide to Vlad, and he hit a home run. He kind of saved my lineup because I needed those points. Uh, so it worked out for me, but Vlad's been off and on. He's definitely been heating up now. So versus a lefty, versus a guy like Rodriguez, I think it's probably a good matchup for a guy like Vlad. He's going to get challenged. Um, so I think you can play him as a one-off, a cheap play, you know, within the mix. Um, the next game is probably one of your best pitchers going against one of your weaker lineups. you got Caleb Smith and the Marlins going against the Tigers and Spencer Turnbull. I think Caleb Smith has really pro- proved himself this year. He's going to be in contention tomorrow as one of the top aces. He probably has one of the better matchups. You have Granke and you have Verlander and you have Kershaw. But Caleb Smith has shown the K upside and he's going against Detroit, which doesn't scare me at all. Um, So I really like Caleb tomorrow. None of these bats for either team. Even though they blew up my Mets the last couple of days, the Marlins not a team that I want to stack or even play one player off of. And the Tigers in a bad matchup versus Caleb Smith. You know, I'm not touching anybody, even Castellanos or Cabrera will have the platoon split. So it's Caleb Smith or bust in this game for me. I don't think we have to do too much analogy on it. He is one of your top pitchers. Um, we can pretty much skip the game for bats. Mark, anything different on this game? 
No, I agree. You look at Smith, um, he's priced up 10100 on FanDuel. Certainly in consideration, but that's a, that's a hefty salary. And Turnbull has actually even uh, been pretty good this year, and he's at 8600 at FanDuel. Obviously, both those prices are taken into the other team's lineups. Yeah, I think they're both playable, but they yeah. they they both been priced up. Right. I think Caleb Smith, like he's going to be close second or third. I think if you have some tournament exposure, you want to get some exposure to him, but not you know overdo it. You know, we'll look at you know these lineups when they roll out tomorrow afternoon and see how you know teams faces you know stacks up against them. But I think Caleb's going to be one of your top aces tomorrow. He's uh, the, the next third. Highest priced pitcher on FanDuel, only behind Verlander and Grinky. Yep. yep. Um, the next game we have uh, the Nationals going against the Mets. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name properly. Uh, Mark, do you know this guy's name? Fetty or yeah, Fed? Eric Fetty, I think it is. Yeah. Okay, Fetty sounds right for me. Versus Zach Wheeler. Wheeler's been good. I don't know much about this guy Fetty, but I know the Mets lineup is not good. Uh, they haven't been hitting. It's not a team that I really want to attack any pitches against. It looks like it's going to be one of these relief pitcher games. Fetty's gone one, two innings, four innings, so he's not really going to be in the game for long. But again, these these Mets bats, they haven't done much lately. They haven't done anything in the Miami, you know, the Miami game this weekend. Um, Wheeler's interesting. Uh, he's been good. He's been pretty consistent. He has a K upside. The Nationals don't really scare me, but with Turner back. And with Rendon back, Soto, Eaton, they're starting to get a little bit, you know, stronger of a lineup. They just faced Wheeler the other day, and Wheeler, up, Wheeler let up 11 hits. Um, he had some strikeouts, but he had a couple rough innings, and he barely got through the game. So I'm going to stay away from this game from, from all-around perspective. I really don't like Wheeler with the other aces we have on the mound, and I really don't like these Mets bats, even though they're facing, you know, a relief pitcher and a relief game. So I'm going to pretty much avoid this game. Do you feel anything different on this one? Maybe in one-off, I like Pete Alonzo starting to heat up a little bit. I believe he hit a home run tonight. He hit two home runs Friday night. He's sort of a streaky home run hitter. If you want to go with a one-off, go there. Makes sense. All right, so the next game we got going on, uh, it's an interesting game. We have what used to be you know, the Dodgers ace and Clayton Kershaw, but you know, a couple other people in that rotation is trying to take the spotlight away from him. And we're going to see another bullpen game out of the Rays. So we're probably starting with, I would assume, Hunter Wood looks like he's starting. And we're going to Jalen Beeks afterwards. Um, Kershaw has been, you know, he's been good. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been bad. He's been good, I think. Um, even a guy like Caleb Smith with the matchup is ahead of him. I think Granke, with his style, has he been this year? He's probably ahead of him, and I think Verlin is ahead of him as well. But he's a close, you know, he's in the mix. He's someone you'd be really good to dive into. He's 9,800 on FanDuel. Um, it's a tough call on Kershaw. I don't know really, you know, how I want to play him. I'm probably going to lean to one of the other, you know, aces because the K potential, even though he's had games of 8 and 7 Ks, um, I peg him more for a 5K, 6K guy. His Tampa Bay lineup has been better. Kershaw hasn't shown much upside. They're holding him back a little bit. He's only gone seven innings, six innings, six innings, 37, 26, 31 FanDuel points. He has one good game against the Pirates where he went seven innings uh, with one earned run, got the quality start, got the win in eight Ks. 
But I think we want more upside tomorrow. So I'm going to stay away from Kershaw. These Tampa bats are not bats I want to attack as well. And these Dodgers are interesting. It's, you know, somewhat a pitcher's park tomorrow. But I think you can look to stack this lineup. It's kind of tough when you're going against a bullpen game to figure out which side you want. But I think you go with the the top guys in the lineup, uh, the power of bats, and, and just hope that they get into one. There's some cheap guys. For whatever reason, FanDuel has not been pricing up uh, the Dodgers outside of Cody Bellinger, who's been on fire lately. Um, but Jock Peterson, 3400 Seager's been cheap for the past two weeks. He's only 3000 Muncie Muncy is only $3,200. Um, Kike is 2800 Turner is 3100 So this lineup is cheap, and the power potential is there. So I think they're going to be you know, a pretty good stack option tomorrow. I think you play any of these guys with power as one-offs. So that's how I'm looking at this game. Uh, how do you feel about it, Mark? I think you got to be careful here with the Dodger bats. Beeks may go there, be their long guy, like you said, and he's a lefty. And the Dodgers are notorious for playing the lefty, lefty-righty platoons more than anyone. So you mentioned Peterson. Uh, he may get one at bat, then pitch hit for if he's going against Beak for a long time. So this is a game you really have to be careful of. With Kershaw, I totally agree with you. He's probably more of a DK pitcher than FanDuel right now, where FanDuel rewards the Ks. He's not racking up the case. He's transitioned to a different pitcher than he was even four, three years ago. I think you go elsewhere. He is the fourth highest pitcher on FanDuel, and Tampa Bay's bats are pesky. I mean, they, as you saw with the Yankee series over the week, uh, they're going to battle you. They're going to make you go deep in the game. They're not going to give you anything. I don't think this is a good matchup for Kershaw. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. It doesn't really make sense to pay up for him on this slate. Um, no. There will be games we're going to target Kershaw, but with the other aces and the matchup, not a team I want to really attack right now in Tampa Bay. Uh, the next game should show some some potential stack um, stack potential from the Brewers. Sonny Gray is going into Milwaukee, uh, a hitter's park versus Gio Gonzalez. Uh, these are two pitchers that I'm going to stay away from. I never was a fan of Gio. Sonny's been a little bit better, but this Milwaukee lineup is potent. You know, one through seven, one through eight, depending on who they, they they stack against them. I think pretty much everybody in this Brewers lineup is playable, playable in the stack, playable in the one-off. I don't have to tell you about Kristen Yelich. You know how good he is if you follow baseball this year, even last year. The guy is, you know, just on fire, hitting home runs versus lefties, versus righties, versus closers. He's doing it all, so he's a good one-off. If you're stacking them, you got to have them in your lineup. Um, I think you can pick out some possible value out of these these Reds bats um, as one-offs. So There's some cheap guys in there that you can play tomorrow that makes sense. You know, in the outfield, Puig's been hitting a little bit better, but he's day-to-day right now, so you got to check on him. Um, a guy like Suarez might make sense. A guy like Peraza might make sense. You got some bats in here. Uh, the young guy Senzo's been hitting good, but he's 3,600. But I really think you want the Milwaukee side of things. But I still think you can maybe pick out some value out of these Cincy bats. How do you feel about it, Mark? Um, Senzel, I think he's a lefty. So he probably will be batting down in the lineup against a lefty Gonzalez. I like the Milwaukee side of the bats. It's pretty obvious. They're going to be my top stack in the article, the stack article that I wrote today. You mentioned Yellick. How can you not go wrong with him at home? He's almost an automatic plug and play at home for me. But not only that, I mean, you guys got 
Ryan Braun has all of a sudden learned how to hit righty so far. I wrote him up. His triple slash is 273, 335, 487 against righties for a notorious guy that was, you always played him against lefties. Well, he's hitting righties this year. You got Grandal hits righties really well. Milwaukee is, like you said, is an American League lineup, American League lineup hitting in a National League park that's deep one through eight. You, I, even though Sonny Gray has been a little bit better, I think he's in a really bad spot. So I like the Milwaukee bats a lot. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, the next game is another game that's going to be on the radar for stacks. You have two pretty bad pitchers going into, you know, Arlington, notorious hitters park. Uh, the weather should be hot again there um, as it was tonight. The Rangers already put up five or six runs in the first inning. I, I expect the same. You know, I like the Texas bats versus righty, but Malone is probably not going to be in the game long. We're probably going to see a lot of bullpen work. These Rangers lineups, you know, when they're hitting at home, they're they're very dangerous. I think you can play bats from both sides because Malone does not scare me at all. And on the back side of things, you have Lance Lynn, who's been, you know, getting blown up pretty much every time he goes out there. He's been pitching a little bit better this year, but not somebody I'm going to ever pitch at home. And, you know, versus lineup, Seattle has a lot of power. If it's hot tomorrow, a guy like Vogelbach with, you know, platoon, Edwin hits righties, you know, better than he hits lefties. D. Gordon, you know, is, that li- is back in the lineup. Jay Bruce in the bottom of the lineup has power. And then everybody from this Texas lineup, you know, makes mm-hmm. sense to me. guy like Gallo, Chu can hit from the both sides. You know, if you want to play a guy like Cabrera, Hunter Pence, I think you can mix and match, grab a couple of guys from each side of this lineup and put together either a game st- back or one-offs you want to grab some batters from this game how do you feel about these two games and these two stacks yep stack them up i think the guy that you didn't mention maybe the highest owned guy on the slate is rugnet odor who already homered tonight he's only 3200 on FanDuel for tomorrow going against tommy malone sort of a no-brainer once that guy's hot but yeah another guy you know he's been priced up for texas that i like is willie calhoun been really good, but he's all the way up to $3,400 on FanDuel, so you probably aren't going there. But, yeah, uh, Gallo is a great play as well. He he hasn't homered so far tonight, so he's about due for a homer tomorrow. <laughs> no, it makes a lot of sense. There's some really good bats here. Um, you know, I like the platoon advantage if we can get it, you know, attack that. And then, you know, guys like Gallo, you're looking for a home run. Malone's not going to be pitching long. You know, there's a lot of power in this lineup on both sides. So look to stack this game. Uh, look to grab a lot of your bats from this game and obviously avoid both pitchers. Uh, the next game, we're going to find one of our aces in a good matchup, a home matchup. He should be a heavy favorite. Justin Verlander going against the White Sox mm-hmm. and Dylan Covey. Uh, Verlander is probably the, the best pitcher on the slate. You know, I said the same thing about Corbin last night, and he had a rough start to today's game. Uh, but Verlander, again, you got to play – the pitchers with the highest upside, with the lowest, you know, with the highest floor as well. So Verlander is going to be that guy tomorrow. Um, he has the most K upside. There's a White Sox lineup. You know, they, they do have some power, but at the same time, they strike out a bunch. So it's a, it's a guy that you want to start your cash game builds around. And then, you know, these, these Astros, they've been hitting everybody. Um, Kobe doesn't scare uh, anybody. The Astros switch up the lineup, gave a couple of people a game off. Uh, today, so guys like Springer will be back tomorrow. Brantley, Reddick, 
Um, you had the platoon with them, and you got Greg, who's pretty much been hitting everybody this year so far. So this is another potential game stack. You pair that with Verlander. You hope it's a nice 10 nothing game. Verlander cruises, maybe even goes complete game shutout on these White Sox. High K potential. Um, I like everything from the Houston side and nothing from the White Sox side. So I think you can get your stack from here, and this Verlander looks like a good option as well. Um, the only problem I have there is Verlander's price on FanDuel. It's 12000 He's by far the most expensive, uh, but obviously he has the highest upside. But I'm probably going to go elsewhere for cash to try to save uh, some money. Like I said, I really like Yellick and some Brewers, and how can you not like Houston here? I think a few Houston backs you, you can try to use to save some money is – you mentioned George Springer. He's actually injured, and he may not play Tuesday night. He got hit by a pitch on Sunday. That's why he isn't in the lineup Monday. He may not play tomorrow. If that's the case, look for a cheaper guy like Tony Kemp to be in his spot, and he's only $2,100 on FanDuel. And also a bat like Josh Reddick uh, or Jake Risnick may be the way to go to try to save some money to get a piece of this Houston lineup. Yeah, I like the Reddit call. He'll if Springer's out again. I didn't see him get hit by a pitch, but if he's out again tonight, um, he let off today. So if he's if he's oh, out he again tomorrow. Oh, he's playing today. What's that? Is he playing today? I thought no, he was Springer out didn't line. play, but Reddick ended right. up bleeding off today. Uh, right, right. So for twenty eight hundred, um, it's a good value tomorrow as well. Um, so yeah. these lefty bats, like you said, Tony Kemp is real cheap. Try yeah. to get some value out of these Houston bats because. Right. You know, you're going to need to get value somewhere. Right. Milwaukee's going to be expensive. The other Astros are going to be expensive. So you're going to find some guys that are going to be, you know, more on that cheap side. And with Houston, like we said, Reddick is going to be up to 3100 tomorrow. Uh, Kemp is still going to be cheap. Brantley, you know, coming in at 4000 is 1, still affordable. Um, Marisnik might play again. Um, he's been hot regardless. So, and I think you can still grab, you know, Marisnik as well. You want to get some exposure to this game in a cheap way and hope that, you know, Covey gets blown up and Marisnik faces a lefty and he hits a home run later in the game or he's hit righties as well. So, you know, you can see this play out either way. Um, so just to reiterate, Verlander, if you got the money, you want the safety, go with them. We're also going to look for some other options, get you some right. value. But I think he's the clear, you know, the clear-cut ace tomorrow. But like tonight, I thought Corbin was and that didn't work out so well. So you can, you can always look for value. And with... With the amount of K's that are in the major leagues right now, you know, a good option is, is to find some guys who have the K potential in a, in, a, in a weaker matchup that don't have the name recognition like a Verlander and see if you can pick on that and try to find some value elsewhere. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get in the next game, even though Homer Bailey's been pitching better. Um, not somebody I really want to attack this Cardinals bats with. And he's going against Waka, who's been crazy inconsistent. The guy is supposed to be an ace. He has ace stuff, but he just can't put it together. So I can't trust him, even versus, you know, uh, even versus the, the KC team right now who's been a little bit shaky and I want to attack in spots. I can't go with Waka, and I can't really go with Bailey on the backside versus the Cardinals. I can see, you know, some potential to play some Cardinals bats uh, tomorrow. How do you feel about them? Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way here that, this is a weather issue game. Really, no no arms are really great for me. So we let's look at the bats. And I guess, I mean, the only one that really stands out to me is Harrison Bader on the St. Louis side. He's 2,800, been batting leadoff. Probably will bat leadoff again tomorrow. I think for some savings, you go there. Yeah, it's pretty much a stay-away spot for me right now. 
if things change tomorrow, there's some value that pops out. You know, maybe I can tack some some St. Louis bats, but not a game that you know really catches my eye the night before. As I dive in, maybe I'll see something that I like, but it's not a hitter's park. Bailey's been better. Waka is, you know, he's all right. There's some weather conditions there, so I'm pretty much, you know, chalking this up for a stay away spot until we look into it for tomorrow. Um, the next game, we have uh, Julio Tehran versus Sean Anderson in San Francisco. Tehran has been, you know, for the most part, you know, a good pitcher, not a great pitcher. San Francisco is a team you want to attack. It's a pitcher's park. I can see Tehran kind of playable, very similar to Quintana, where, you know, the matchup is all right. Um, it's a pitcher's park. You might be able to attack him tomorrow. And, you know, he's not coming in too expensive. He's at 8400 So you make some sense. If you need to find some value, I can see myself playing Tehran. I really don't want to attack many bats from this game, especially from a San Francisco standpoint. Tehran has been, you know, in the 30s on FanDuel the last five games in tougher matchups, in tougher parks. He's dropped 43, so he has some upside in the right matchup. So he's someone I can see to go to for value. And he's Atlanta bats um, against Anderson. And I don't really like the park. Um, I don't really know too much about Anderson. He had one start so far, pitched five innings. Um, he pitched pretty well, but I'm not going to go with Anderson, even though he's cheap. And because it's a pitcher's park, you know, I'm not going to really attack you know this this game from a stack standpoint. Maybe attack a guy like Freeman who can you know hit any pitcher. So he might be my one-off. Um, but do you have any other information on this game that you're you're kind of looking at at this point? Uh, a couple things. Uh, when I first glanced, Tehran looks to be my cash pitcher. Um, you mentioned a comparison between him and Quintana. Two things that make me stand Tehran stand out over Quintana. A, he's facing a much weaker lineup than the Phillies. And B, he's in a much better park. I mean, the thing that is a little lack of sexy for a lack of better return is he doesn't strike out a ton each of his last three starts he's only at four strikeouts each time his four start ago he did have eight strikeouts so i mean this there's there's a limited ceiling where you go there on the other side i do like two bats in the atlanta lineup and they're both young guys Acuna has been leading off since he's been leading off he seems to have Re, uh, regained his ways from last year, though he's pricey at 4100. I think that's a good one-off. Or pair him with Austin Riley, the rookie that's only 3300. Yeah, Riley's been on fire. Um, it's a righty-righty matchup. It's a pitcher's park, but he does make sense. I've been playing him on Fanduel um, the last couple of nights. He's been paying off. He hits with power. He's been getting on base. He's been a stud so far. So you know, keep an eye on him. Hopefully, his price stays cheap. He gets into a hitter's park, and we can attack him again a little bit stronger. Uh, the next game, we got Pineda versus Cahill in Los Angeles. Um, two pitchers that I'm pretty much going to avoid tomorrow. Pineda hasn't really shown much stuff. Um, he's coming off injury from last year. That he's not really pitching deep into games. Um, not really trying to attack his angel lineup. And Cahill is a stay-away spot for me, you know, with how hot the Twins have been hitting. There's some potential to maybe attack Cahill, but it's a pitcher's park. I think there's better lineups out there. As one-offs, you can maybe grab a guy like Kepler, Polanco, or Rosario, but not somebody I'm going to like actively target. And, of course, just like every night, every day, every slate, if you got the money, Trout is always the best guy in baseball. He's always going to be – he always he always makes sense to play, but I think I'd rather have other guys – 
um, in other lineups in my stack. So Pineda is not a guy I'm going to stack against. Um, so I'm not going to really target Trout too much. If I have the money, which I don't see myself having tomorrow with other stacks being expensive, you know, he'd be my one-off. And maybe a guy like Otani can come into play. But, again, not somebody I'm going to actively target because I think there's better matchups and better spots. How do you feel about this game, Mark? I'll disagree with you in a few spots here. Pineda hear has, it, been, brother. Let me hear it. <laughs> has been pretty bad this year. The Angels were my fourth team to stack uh, behind uh, Houston, Texas, and Milwaukee. The reason is, is Pineda has given up 13 home runs in 47 innings this year. Righties have a 934 OPS against him and have hit eight home runs, but lefties have hit five home runs off him as well. I think um, you look for some bats here from the Angel side. Uh, they lowered the fence in right field for Otani before last season. And as a result, we've seen some left-handed pull hitters being able to hit some home runs. So I'm going to attack from the left-hand side, Pineda. So the two batters that stand out to me, Alastella at 3,200. He's been batting leadoff against right-handed batters. And 3,200 on FanDuel is pretty darn affordable. And you already mentioned Otani. Um, he started really hitting the ball over the last five days or so, and we'll see if he can continue it tonight. And then the tomorrow, he's $3,800 on FanDuel. With the stats you just spit out at me, makes a lot of sense. If you're going to go that route and get those three lefties in, you might as well plug in Trout as the fourth on FanDuel. So, you know, I hear what you're saying. Pineda hasn't been doing much. Um, with him giving up all those home runs, you make a great point. I'm going to look into it a little bit more tomorrow morning, but, you know, it makes sense. You know, not maybe as your top stack, but it's probably your top under-owned stack. Right, it's a lot the of sneaky people, snack. Yeah. yeah, your sneaky snack of the day, because Pineda, he still has some some name value. People remember him on the Yankees striking out people, pitching with pine tar in his hand. I was going to bring that stuff. up. You beat me to it. <laughs> yeah, and all that kind <laughs> that of That was at stuff. Fenway Park. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Pineda is a guy you could attack. It's going to be an under-owned stack. I think you go, like what Mark said, Otani, Listella, Calhoun with Trout on FanDuel. You know, maybe add a guy like Goodwin, you know, on, on DraftKings. You want to go the five guys deep. Um, with the last game in the slate, you got probably your, your second ace on the, on the mound with Zach Greinke going against Matt Strom. Uh, San Diego is kind of back to where they were last year, even with all these additions. They've had a couple good games, but... That blow-up game hasn't really come around. They've been kind of weak again. Uh, Granke's been lights out. Um, it's a good matchup for him. He's going to a pitcher's park. He's pretty much been one of the more consistent pitchers in fantasy baseball this year, one of the, the top aces. He's dropped 40 points or more pretty much every start but one, and that one start happened to be in Colorado, which he only gave up three earned runs, but he didn't get the Ks that he needed. Um He's still got the quality start, but every other game, game, you're looking at 40, 42, 43, 51, 52 points. He's probably in the best spot. He already kind of had a good game versus San Diego earlier this year. Like I said, San Diego does not scare me at all. So I think it's a decision in your cash games. If you want to pay up, you go into Verlander, you want a discount. Granky's right behind him. And Granky is a little bit ahead of Caleb Smith, a little bit more of a proven commodity. In a similar matchup, um, and he gets the bump because he's also facing, you know, these bats in the National League Park. So he'll face the pitcher, hopefully get a couple chances of striking him out. So I think Granke is, you know, a 1A 
to or 1B to Verlander and Smith. Definitely above Kershaw. Definitely above everybody else on the slate. So if you want some safety with a little bit of a discount, I think Granke's a great pitcher, and he should be in line for the win. How do you feel about this game? You mentioned safety, and I'm going to disagree with you again. I don't think he's safe. And the reason is he was removed from his last start because of an oblique issue. And this is his first start since then. He's had a couple of extra days rest. But I never like to use a pitcher coming off his first start off an injury, especially an oblique issue for an older guy. I'm not a huge fan of that because that could flare up again. It could be bothering him. Without that injury concern, I agree with you 100%. He's probably the safest play on the board besides Verlander. But that injury risk sort of scares me a little bit. This is maybe a situation where we can dig in a little bit, see if any beat writers have any information, if he's 100%. Well, I'm going to assume he's 100% or else he probably wouldn't be pitching, but it just scares me a little bit. You know what I mean, Jason? No, you make you make a very good point. We're going to have to check out if he's on any kind of pitch count. Um, if anything, he hasn't started in over 10 days. Right. So we got we got to listen to these these beat writers, see if there's a, a pitch count. Um, he started on the 15th, so not 10 days, but it's been, you know, it's been close yeah. to a week now. He got a so couple you got to see what's going off. on. Yeah. You know, you got to see what's going on. You make a lot of sense there. Um, obliques, you know, he's an older pitcher. Everything you said is valid. So we got to look at this. If there's any scare of, you know, an injury, a pitch count, and we don't get clarity on it, I would remove him from your cash games. But I also think it gives him a little bit of a bump in GPPs right. because the right. ownership will come down. So, right. you know, if we hear anything – that's, you know, 70 pitches or less or 80 pitches, I'm probably going to avoid them 100%. If we don't hear a pitch count and there's some, you know, some news coming out that kind of scares people off, I might lower my exposure in cash and bump it in GPPs with one of the late games on the slate. But, you know, if I'm iffy on it, there's enough pitchers. It's a 14-game slate where you don't really have to take that risk on a guy like Granke, you know, in this kind of, you know, injury condition and we don't have you know clear news on what's going on you know from a hitter standpoint i'm not going to really attack the padres of course and these arizona bats versus lefty in a a pitcher's park um i don't really want to attack it too much maybe adam jones or you know a guy like christian walker as a one-off but you know i like to attack my diamondback hitters versus righty uh because i want guys like peralta you know, mm-hmm. have the platoon matchup. So it's pretty much a stay-away game unless yeah. I'm pitching Frankie. You feel the same way about it? Yeah, I mean, I guess the only guy that maybe I would target from the other side and hope for a dinger is Fran Mulrays. The guy's been doing nothing but hit home runs. It's all he hits. He's had five, four home runs in his last seven games uh, with single shots, and each of them mainly solo shots. So, that's what you'd be hoping from from, from Fran Rays. He's up to 14 home runs on the year. So I think he's in third or fourth place in the National League behind Yellick and Bellinger. Yeah, he's been crushing, man. He's been crushing. He's been crushing in, in good matchups, bad matchups. You know, when the Padres score any runs, it's usually coming from him. Yeah. That's a good point. He's going to be supremely, supremely low owned tomorrow. You know, in the late game, he's on the Padres versus Granke. No platoon matchup. So I can see it as a sneaky play in the late games. Uh, just to recap, you know, we like Granke if he's healthy. We like Verlander if he got the money. Um, I like Caleb Smith as well. I think he has a good matchup, and you know, the guy's been lights out. 
for value right now, it's looking like Tehran or Quintana. If you know, if you have the guts to play him, I agree with Mark. Um, Tehran comes in a little bit higher than Quintana just due to the matchup. I think Marquez and Wheeler yep. can kind of be sneaky for GPPs and the stacks that we like. You know, the Yankees are in a good spot. Boston's in somewhat of a good spot. Um, Texas and Seattle are in great spots, and this Milwaukee game. Looks like like it has some shootout potential. And the Dodgers, you know, like Mark said, he made some good points. You got to be really careful with them. You know, everybody loves the Dodgers. But like Mark said, they have so much talent on that team. There's going to be guys on the bench definitely pitch hitting. A guy like Bellinger's safe. Seager's safe, right. you know, for the most part. But guys like Jock, um, anybody else in that lineup could get easily pinch hit for. So it's going to scare me off a little bit. Um, and I know Mark said you liked also the Angels as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's it's a pay up for bats and pay down for pitchers for me. But I guess my question is, how far down do I go for the list? And the guy that you liked for pitcher is the cheapest that we have mentioned that we liked, and that was the guy that was going against the Pirates, and that was what was it? That was. Um, Marquez from the Rockies. That he's eighty two hundred, so he's cheaper than Tehran, but more expensive than Quintana. But if the hitting conditions are really good at Wrigley, I probably wouldn't go with Quintana, anyways. Yeah, I think you're correct. You know, I was looking, I was back and forth on DK and Fanduel. You know, on, on Fanduel, he's way too cheap for me. You know, he might Marquez. be. He, yeah, Marquez is way too yeah. cheap. I was looking on DraftKings just now. You know, on, on DraftKings, you know, I think a guy like you know Quintana. Or Tehran make a little bit more sense. You get a little bit more of a discount. But on FanDuel at that price, you know, my eyes light up when I see that price of Marquez. You know, at 8,200, the guy's been really, yeah. really, really, really good. You know, even games in Colorado has been good. The last two games, he's been a little bit off, but the strikeout upside is still there. Um, yeah. So you're going to have one of the higher K rates at a discount in a, in a pretty good matchup for him against Pittsburgh. You know, he's been 6Ks versus Boston, right. which is pretty impressive. Um, nine Ks versus Arizona, six Ks versus Milwaukee. He's been coming off some tough matchups. This is probably his easier matchup of his last, you know, three or four games recently. So I think there's some potential for him to be your best value play. A little bit ahead of you know the guys you mentioned in Quintana Tehran. and Tehran. Yeah. So I think yeah. for value, you're looking at those three. I have Marquez on the top of that list, so I'm glad you brought him back up because yeah. I had DraftKings pricing up. And DraftKings, there's a little bit more disparity. I hit him at 9,200, mm. where you might just want to pay off for Caleb Smith or Granke at you know, 10-2 or 10-4. But on FanDuel, the value is definitely there. Um, stacks, you want to go over the stacks that you like just one more time? So listen yeah, here. I wrote up that stack article. I think the, the two chalkiest are going to be Milwaukee and Houston. Um so if you want to be different, you try to go maybe some of the bottom order guys like the Kemp's and the Reddicks, or they could even be hitting lead offs, but the cheaper guys on Houston. Uh, but I like Texas against Malone too. That's always a great park to hit and they hit really well at home in the angels. Like I said, Pineda has not been a good pitcher, just giving up long balls, 13 and 47 innings so far this year. That's a pretty remarkable pace. If he gets anywhere near, uh, 200 innings, that's almost 50 home runs. So that's a lot of home runs to give up. So you look for guys that can hit home runs in the Angels. And like you said, they're Calhoun, they're Trout, Otani, and Lestella, the guys that come the first come to mind. Yeah, that's your sneaky stack. I like it. Yep. 
Um, be sure to check out um, all of our articles tomorrow uh, that are going to get published on the site. We've been producing three, four, five articles a day of free content for all of our listeners out there who want to read our content to get updates on our content. Mark publishes weather report, you know, first thing in the morning and then he updates it throughout the day. So make sure you check on that. We have two projection models. We also have, you know, sports betting on the site where we give our picks for the day. And right now that's free as well. We haven't mentioned it much, but we have two professional handicappers been basically, you know, putting money on their table for their family for the past 10 years, you know, picking plays, picking prop bets. Uh, so we have access to all that on winddailydfs.com. So make sure you take advantage of that. We're going to have, you know, our cappers on the show, you know, coming up soon in the next couple of weeks. So they're going to be on, you know, going over some plays for you as well. So make sure you check them out now on the site. It's winddailydfs.com. Mark, I appreciate you stopping by the show today. More than a pleasure to come back, as you always do. And make sure you check them out, you know, on the site, producing that weather content for all of us. Uh, I'm glad our listeners are here. If you guys have any questions, you know, you can reach us out on Twitter at DFS MLB Weather, or our main handle is Win Daily. Um, so make sure you hit us up on, on Twitter as well. Always can shoot us an email or contact us through the website. You know, be on the lookout for more products, and we hope that you're doing well tonight and tomorrow, you know, during that Tuesday slate. We hope everybody's winning money and takes advantage of all the free content. Mark, anything else to say to you guys? Oh, that's all I got. Thank you, Jason, for having me. That was well done and well said. All right, man. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night, and hopefully we make some money.